Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to part two of our Colony House Leave What's Lost Behind album review. We, in part one, were able to interview Caleb, the lead singer of Colony House. It was a great interview. So much there. We're going to talk just quick about that before we get into this episode more. But if you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to part one. I think we're going to be referencing it a bunch. And just kind of building off of what Caleb started for us. But this episode is our track-by-track album review. So we're going to go through all 13 tracks, track-by-track, talk about our favorites, maybe any least favorites, if there's anything that we didn't like, and just just kind of dissect this album from a lyrical, musical, just every standpoint that we possibly can. All right, so Nate, you ready to get into this? Yes, sir. All right, so before we get into our track-by-track album review of this, we just wanted to go over just the overview of the interview. That was a little harder to say than I expected it to. <laughs> but let's uh, let's just jump into just some thoughts that we had from our interview. So, Nate, what are some things that maybe stood out to you and uh, and you enjoyed from the interview? Yeah, I think obviously there was so much to pick from, but the first one is when Caleb was talking about it being a concept record and he referenced Scott's advice where he was basically saying, don't let the concept get in the way of good songs. And I thought that was really great advice. Not that it's a criticism of the concept itself, but more that sometimes for me especially like I get very OCD with what I'm doing and I'm like oh everything has to fit perfectly into this system or this um, very specific idea and it ends up kind of having the opposite effect rather than inducing creativity it kind of makes the creative nature of what you're doing feel very forced and you have to fit what you want to do into this box and so I thought it was great that Scott gave that advice because I think this album did a great job of being partially a concept album while also having those larger themes be addressed in different ways and more personal tracks that don't fit into that story. So not only was it good advice beforehand, but I think viewing the end product saw how it ended up working out and being great advice in the end. So I just thought that was good. And that was actually like something my wife and I have talked about a lot with certain things I've been working on. She's given me similar advice, like don't let your the structures you set up for yourself get in the way of other good things you can be producing with either my poetry or with the podcast or whatever all right and then my second one was caleb's uh john foreman quote where john foreman told him if you can think of a note you can hit it and that was just like so sick (laughs) and i mean I just think what was so beautiful about that was it's actually a similar point to the concept album point where it's like, don't confine yourself, like don't set limits on yourself, but make the most beautiful thing or the most incredible thing or the most ambitious thing you can possibly make. And you can rise up to the occasion and meet it. Like you have the potential, you have the skills to like match what, the idea that you've created and obviously that's not fully true like we do have limits but I feel like you can't make art that way 
Like, you gotta push it and push it and push it. I just think it paid off monumentally for Caleb, his vocal performances on this album, where, like you brought up, Andrew, during the interview, he really stretched himself and pushed himself. And I think John Foreman's advice was incredible and really helpful to make this album as good as it could be from a vocal standpoint. All right, Andrew, what are some things that stuck out to you? What's your overview of the interview? Yeah, so I think Caleb was just so generous with his time and his answers. I'm always just impressed by the generosity of people when they get in an interview that they're willing to just divulge basically anything. He answered all of our questions and was super gracious about it. I think one of the things that I took away from from the whole interview was more just how open and honest he was with, with everything, talking about from family to some of the struggles with label and and re-signing he just was very open and honest about everything and he'd mentioned during the interview that this was kind of during the beginning of this interview cycle for this album so he hadn't really formulated his thoughts yet like his his i guess go-to answers the the by the book answers that you should have and even when nate kind of gave his overview of the album lyrically that Caleb was like, that's great. I'm going to use that where it's basically he's still formulating his thoughts on everything. So I felt like we were actually able to hear in the interview him starting to form those thoughts a little bit more. And that was really cool to kind of get maybe more of a raw perspective than normal in an interview where it's him still figuring out how do I actually explain some of my thoughts and emotions and what's been going into this record? And so I just, I think that's what stood out to me was more just the rawness of this interview, maybe compared to some of our other interviews or compared to interviews you tend to get from artists like this, that this was just very raw and very open and, and willing to share anything. No, and just building off what you said, I also think... The rawness wasn't just the quality of the information, but I also think it was the amount of information, which is what you're saying. And like, I think, sure, maybe he could have made his five minute answer to a question in 30 seconds. But what was cool is we got five minutes of a lot of extra details that were very interesting. And so I know he was kind of beating himself up at the end, like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I've been, like, kicking myself in the head. Like, like, can you please just shut up and answer the dang question? But I think for us, we actually appreciated that because his length just added that much more detail and that much more behind the curtain, like you said, vulnerability, rawness uh, to the conversation. All right. Well, that was our overview of the interview. If that part did not make sense, that's probably because you need to go back and listen to the episode again. So make sure that you've listened to part one, but we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes of part two. That is our track by track album review. So we'll just jump right on in. So we're going to start with track one. Track one is called Looking for Some Light.
All right, that was looking for some light. Nate, what are your thoughts on this song? So this was obviously the first single that dropped. I'm going to be honest. I was a little underwhelmed the first time I heard this song. I think it's because despite the chorus being grand, I didn't originally find it to be extremely catchy or extremely... I wasn't wowed by it. But I think what I missed in that first listen or maybe in those first couple listens is how the chorus really isn't a normal chorus on this song. It all ramps up and is kind of... The, the main part of the song, it's all pointing towards the bridge and the extended chorus at the end, which is truly epic. And so kind of similarly to how the first time I listened to the song, I was like, oh, that wasn't as, what, what I expected. I think when you listen to the first chorus initially, you're like, ah, oh, that was fine. But once you know where it's going, once you've followed through and really paid attention and see how it's the song is building up to the end it really is this incredible song and it's such a great song to start the album off with it's a really anthem driven type of track and you know from the get-go you know that colony house isn't really holding back any punches they're going all in caleb's belting out and they're just going to continue to punch you in the face with each track And it's going to be a new thing that you weren't expecting, just like how Looking for Some Light was a track I wasn't expecting. Andrew, what were your thoughts on Looking for Some Light? Yeah, so first time I heard it, I'm actually going to have some similar thoughts to you, which is I loved it because it was a new Colony House song, so I do have to kind of give that as a caveat, which is I was like, yay, more Colony House, I'm excited. But also, it's been a while since we've had new Colony House, and so I built up in my head what I was expecting, and this was not it. And it almost felt a little safe for them uh, initially that I'm like, I hear Colony House in there, but it felt like I needed more than what the song was giving me, which is the album. And so I actually think it works great as the intro song, as the first track, because it still gives you that sense of like, you listen to it and you go... Yeah, this is Colony House. I I recognize it. I understand it. But it is different. It's not exactly what you expect. And you're like, I want more. Like, give me more. Not just in the, the song, but the whole album. And actually, the more I've listened to it, the more I think this feels like a very flushed out song, too. I felt like it was missing something, but it really isn't, at least for me, anymore. And I think Caleb put it a good way for this whole album, how... He mentioned in the mastering process that they basically pushed it as loud as they could so it feels like it's bursting at the seams. And so you're right. The song just builds to that bridge and it's so big and so powerful. And now that I'm listening back, I can like hear that volume in it that it feels like it's really it's wanting to like burst and tear open and whatever analogy you want to use it just it wants more and so I notice it in the guitars I think there's some incredible guitars some really cool different parts but I think the the parts that that hit me most are just these huge deep gritty distorted power chords in the bridge that just they're so big and they're almost dark and and just like in your face and that's like to me, that's how I, I picture this song is it's so aggressive and in your face compared to maybe what Colony House usually does, especially late in the song. 
I also I love lyrically how it starts the album where it starts out where you just kind of so the line everybody's looking for some light it basically this whole album feels very much like hey come on in this is our story this is not just Caleb's story but he tells it as a unified story of come on into the story let's all all be here together struggling with these same things and and working through the different songs uh lyrically what what he tackles on each song so i really love that there this is kind of time where it's like hey let's all come together and then there's kind of this call to action in the bridge um lyrically that that i just again i think the whole song it's perfect to start out the album and in context of the album i think this song is really great there's only one song that works better i think in the context of the album than this one for me so it's a great start real quick i forgot to mention my thoughts on the lyrics and i'll just be super quick uh building off what you said i really think that phrase everybody's looking for some light also humanizes others and it kind of helps make sense of people's actions when you're prone to judge kind of viewing them in the sense of like they're looking for happiness and even though and they're looking for joy and they're looking for love and even though they're probably misguided in the way they're they're pursuing those things um understanding people's motivation can kind of help kind of put you on level playing field and it's like a lot of the same mistakes you make and a lot of the darkness you have in your life are from inappropriately pursuing these things as well. And so just humanizing one another on this journey, I think, was an important way of phrasing that, as well as, like you said, with bringing other people into your journey as well. All right. That was great. Great start to the album. Let's move to track two. Track two is called Runaway Part One, Love Has a Limit. Never know where I'm going, but I know. Mr. Runaway, is it safe to say to be lost in the middle is the price that you feel you got? All right, Nate, what did you think about track two? So, Andrew, if there's like one song title that would describe my relationship with you, I think it would be this. <laughs> <laughs> that you want to run away because love has a limit? Well, yeah, kind of just like people wonder why our podcast is called Long Distance Listening. We we used to live close to each other and I moved it's away. That's true. true. And this idea of love having a limit, my limit, I mean, I was past my limit, man. And so <laughs> that's why I had to run away. All right. When we got the album early, we didn't have the lyrics. And even now, as we're talking, we don't have the lyrics, actually. And so... My focus listening was much more on the sound of things than on the message. I mean, certain messages are hard to avoid, like everybody's looking for some light. Yeah, some phrases are just like blatantly obvious, but some phrases are like much more in the background. And so I wasn't really listening to the story and the narrative within the runaway tracks until the specific story, until he mentioned it during the interview. And it's definitely changed my perspective on those tracks. Also, really quick, that line, Love Had a Limit, 
or Love Has a Limit. It felt very anti-Colony House, actually. Like, when I first heard it, I was like, this doesn't sound like something he would say. And so, actually, hearing about the concept side of the record made a lot more sense of that line for me. Anyways, I'm sorry. I think from comparing this Runaway track to the other three Runaway tracks, I think this is the most basic instrumentally and kind of musically and it's kind of setting that basic melody up but yeah i think it's a good start that kind of gets you your feet wet within these runaway tracks andrew what are your thoughts yeah so as caleb mentioned these runaway tracks used to be one track before and then they decided to break it up to help bridge the album to keep some continuity in the album and almost to create a concept album a little bit again he mentions the album like a like a whale that just has to surface every so often and then keeps going down that that's kind of the concept is is occasionally it comes back to the concept then it's kind of back into some other themes and things on the album and so you'll notice obviously All three Runaways have a similar sound. There's some similarities there. What was actually cool is I just decided, I was like, I'm going to kind of play all three of these back to back to back to kind of hear how they work as like one song. And it's kind of cool to get just that feel. So if you haven't done that, I I would suggest doing that. I think that's kind of cool. But I love that they've broken it up so you get snippets here and there. I agree it's the most simple musically of the three and there's not much to unpack here. I mean, all three of them, there's not as much as, as a normal fleshed out song. But uh, one of my favorite parts with these tracks, and, and we'll just start with track one, is that he uses a vocoder on it. So his voice has some different octaves and sounds to it, and it just creates a very cool sound. You might recognize it because Boney Vare uses it a ton, and so I might mention Bon Iver a couple times but I think it's a really cool song I think what's so interesting the last song it kind of ends really big and then how it bridges another big track where it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a breath of fresh air here with just something quieter more simple before we jump into the next track which leads us to the next track so the next track is called leave what's lost behind it's something real you can't Nate, what are your thoughts on Leave What's Lost Behind? As you mentioned, Andrew, this is definitely another large-scale song. I love especially the second verse of this song, and I really like the way Caleb sings it, specifically his cadence. I think it's really, really spot-on and really well done. And for me, lyrically, I think one of the main lines is, Don't let me go, I'm coming home. And I think it's just such an interesting line, I'm coming home, on an album about being a runaway. And I think that this kind of points to the fact that metaphorically, we often live in places that are not truly home. And so we need to run away and risk the security we do have in those things or those relationships for the hope of discovering our real home somewhere else or in something or in someone else. And so I think that's how those two ideas can really coincide about being a runaway and yet searching for home then again 
it also could be his whole thing is like running away and needing to come back home. Maybe that's what he's going for on the album. But I, the other thing that I mentioned, that other perspective is kind of what stuck out to me from listening to this track within the, the whole record. What about you, Andrew? What are your thoughts on Leave What's Lost Behind? Yeah, so the first thing that sticks out to me, besides the fact that it's obviously the title track on the album, I really love Caleb's voice right away on this track. The production on his voice, as well as how he's singing, is something that fans won't recognize, and it takes a while to get used to in the song. And then this song just explodes into the chorus or after the chorus. Song Kind of the song structure is a little bit different in this one, too. And I had it as well as you. That second verse is so cool because... He doesn't redo exactly what he did. Everything's just different, like, after that. So you kind of already are like, okay, I don't know what to expect because they did something I wasn't expecting exploding like that into the chorus or after the chorus. But then they change it up. They don't go back into that same part the same way the second time, which is so cool. I do think there's one, and it's the smallest thing, but I love one of the production elements. There's, I'm going to call it a screaming synth, and I don't know what that would actually mean if you're listening. But it's right before they go into Don't Let Me Go, that lyric. And just listen, there's just this like effect that comes in. And I feel like it just elevates a song. It's exactly what the song is, which is it's so aggressive and, and really huge. And so it fits that really well. There's also some brass in the song, uh, which is a really cool addition. It's a little bit buried, but you should be able to hear it pretty easily, especially if you're listening for it. So there's a lot there. I love the song. All right, let's move to track four. Track four is called Original Material. Right, Nate, what are your thoughts on original material? Yeah, so I think in contrast to looking for some light, even though this similarly is not a song we've heard from Call Me House before, like this type of pop song is like very different from anything they've ever done. This is still more something that I would have expected. Like I was less surprised by this. And that's not a bad thing at all. I just think to compare and contrast the releasing of those first two singles, that was kind of how I reacted. So back in the day, I was a big Foster the People fan, and I loved the album Torches. And this song definitely has some Foster the People vibes, and it's kind of spread all over the place, but it's especially in the verses. I think this is one of the catchiest, if not the catchiest song Colony House has ever made. Yeah, I mean, just listen to it and try getting it out of your head. I mean, it's like a really difficult job. And so not only is it catchy, though, but the lyrics are solid. And the lyrics are kind of about being yourself, and those lyrics aren't groundbreaking, especially in today's culture, like that that theme of lyrics, like you hear that everywhere. But I think the way they do it is very well executed, especially for the concept of this album. So one of my favorite lines in this whole album, which is very personal, I highly doubt people will identify with it the same way I do, 
And it's, I'm starting to get tired of spinning in a spiral held under the pressure like a Gravitron. And so for those who don't know, a Gravitron is like basically a carnival ride where uh, you get in it and it just goes in circles and circles and circles and your back is like, your whole body is just stuck against the wall because of the gravity. And there's other rides similar that aren't specifically called the Gravitron that are basically like this. But anyways, I digress. I can relate to this feeling because when I was younger, pun intended, I got sick on a Gravitron and threw up. And I remember just feeling so sick and I haven't gone on one since. And when I think about a Gravitron, I get like kind of sick to my stomach. And so I kind of have like some flashbacks listening to this song. But I think that really like illustrates their point really well. Like, I'm starting to get tired of spinning in a spiral held under the pressure like a Gravitron. Because the thing about a Gravitron, like, obviously, like, sometimes when you're on a ride often, you can't just, like, get off. But, like, you literally can't, like, leave the wall. Like, you're stuck. And so this idea of being stuck in the same old place, spinning and feeling sick and just hating it, is something that people often feel by not being themselves and kind of trying to be somebody they're not. And so I just thought it was like a really creative way of displaying that theme and something that I really connected with. And lastly, sorry for talking about this way too long, I also feel like it really fits Colony House's aesthetic of just like kind of indie, like I'm pretty sure a lot of the people who love Colony House like love Stranger Things, like, love that, like, 80s, 90s type feel with, like, with uh, Colony House's music, especially, like, more 90s with the new bent and alternative indie. But, Andrew, original material, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, this was the second single from the album. First time that I heard it, it was too poppy for me. Really? I'm surprised. I was not a fan. I was really afraid that this was a new direction for Colony House where I felt like I could hear old Colony House in Looking for Some Light. I could not hear the Colony House that I once knew in original material near as much. And I actually felt like with how poppy it was, they were becoming, and I'm using this as a pun, but I I actually mean it like seriously. I was going to say that it was more unoriginal material. Oh, boy. I didn't really... I'm just giving context for where I was with this song. Oh, I'm not booing and your perspective. I'm booing the pun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I understand how that makes sense. But I think I needed this album to make this song good. So when I hinted at looking for some light that there's another song that I felt like benefited from the album more, it was this because I needed to know that this wasn't going to be every song or the bulk of the songs. And it's still so different than the rest that now I can love it for what it is and not worry about what it could have meant for Colony House as a band. It just, again, the song, I was really worried about it. I listened to it a few times and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait to listen to the song until the I can hear the whole album. So 
Luckily, again, we were able to listen to this album a little early, so I didn't have to stress about it as long that we were able to get it a few months early. And when we did and I listened and listened through the whole album, then I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is a cool song. I like it. And I was able to find different parts that I liked about it, such as I really like Park's bass parts. I really like Scott's very kind of U2 Coldplay lead in the song. And I really love all the vocal stuff that that Caleb does on the entire album. Like, I just got it. This is Caleb's best vocal performance on an album. That's a extra uh, than I was planning on saying. But the other thing I want to just quick mention, I love this music video so much. If it came out before we did our 2019 favorites of the decade which we recorded that a little earlier this probably would have been my favorite music video of the year i just i think it's so fun it's so good so if you haven't had a chance to check out the music video please do it's just it's so colony house it's so perfect and it's one of my favorite music videos of the last few years it's really really fun so i really need to step in right here andrew so you know how um so their video for Looking for Some Light is technically, I think they have it labeled as a lyric video. You know their lyric video for original material? I don't. They have two videos for original material. I don't remember it off the top of my head. That's okay. The one you're talking about is the one with the heads, right? Yes. Okay. So they have a, they have a lyric video, quote unquote, for original material, which is like kind of a music video, like Looking for Some Light. Oh. So it's basically like... This far away shot of Caleb outside this motel. It's very like linear and um, very like indie Wes Anderson type thing. And it's basically just like one giant long zoom in to Caleb. <laughs> so when, when you have told me a few times that you love the music video for um, original material, and it was like one of your favorites of the last few years, like you just said. And just like you didn't know there was a lyric video uh-huh. for original material, I didn't know there was a real music video. I just thought the lyric video was the real music video. So I was like, <laughs> I, I like the aesthetic of it, but it's not really like, I'm not saying it's not good, but it's not like a music video. I don't know. It's just so weird, like your reaction to it. And then eventually as I was like doing some like youtube and colony house or whatever i was like oh there's actually a music video for this song that's what andrew was talking about so i just some behind the scenes andrew didn't know that but yeah that's i was just like so confused when you were like freaking out about the music video i was like yeah i wasn't trying to have some hot take that a slow zoom in is the best thing ever. yeah but check out the music video not the lyric video thank you also f- for clarifying that for our listeners so please note that there's a difference and watch them both watch both exactly uh, yeah i'm gonna watch the lyric video because i didn't know it existed so Thanks, Nate. You're welcome. Thank you, Andrew. Of course. All right. Let's move on to track number five. Track number five is called El Capitan. All 
right, Nate, what are your thoughts on track five, El Capitan? So the first time I heard this song, I was initially feeling like it was something that sounded like it could be on Only the Lonely. So like that first part, you're like, oh, like I kind of recognize this Colony House. Like this was pretty like, like we've been surprised a lot on the album up to this point. This was like, oh, okay, we've heard this before. And then all of a sudden the chorus came and I was like, wait what and so i walked i was listening i had my computer hooked up to my bose speakers and was playing it like in the apartment like not on headphones i walked over to my speakers and like not i wouldn't say blast them but like really turn them up just to make sure i was hearing everything clearly and um I had no idea whether I thought it fit well or not because I was very surprised but without a doubt I felt like it was something that was wicked cool and something easily I have never heard from Colony House before. And lyrically, um, this actually reminds me of a Stephen Curtis Chapman cover of I'm Going to Be 500 Miles, um, where he's just basically like, I'll walk 500 miles, 500 more just to be at your door basically that's like a summary that's kind of a similar concept of like i'll do anything i'll go anywhere i'll travel any journey to get to you and um el capitan is like a crazy peak and a crazy mountain but the song itself is extremely unapologetically sick andrew spoiler for those who haven't listened to our interview you said when we went over our favorite tracks that this was your favorite track. So, I mean, you must be chomping at the bit right now to share your thoughts. I really am. The first sentence I have written is, we can finally talk about this song <laughs> because Caleb and, like, I think it's a great great thing that he did he didn't want to talk about some of the weirdness of this album because he wanted people to experience it for themselves the first time and not be told what to expect but but to experience it with no context so if you haven't listened to it we've already given a little bit away but please listen to the song please listen to the album because there's a few times we might spoil something but i am so excited to get into this so I love the song right away with the surfer kind of vibe that they have right away. It's really great. I agree. It feels a little closer to like something that you're like, okay, I've heard this. I think I heard this on only the lonely. It's different, but like it felt comfortable, right? Then it drops into the chorus. And when it first dropped into the chorus, I was like, what just happened? I literally started the song over just so I could understand what just happened. Listened through the whole song. Also then that night, my wife got home and I was like, I want to show you some new Colony House. And so I started playing this song. Then it dropped in the chorus and she just like stopped everything and like, what? And and it was just the best. And like, I think the reaction that you're supposed to have, which is like, you're kind of listening and you're kind of like not paying full attention. And then all of a sudden... It drops in the chorus and like nothing else in the world matters besides figuring out what the hell just happened coming into this chorus. I think it's the coolest thing. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. I even did a little research myself by figuring this out. I might be off by a little bit, but I wanted to give people who understand what BPMs are 
an idea of what happens here because BPMs are beats per minute, so it's basically how fast the song is going. And I put it in eighth notes to help kind of perspective here. So it goes from the rest of the song is at 182 beats per minute, and then it drops to 147 beats per minute. It drops 35 beats per minute, which is insane. You just don't get that type of drop. That's why it feels so different. And when it drops into that chorus, it's the sexiest chorus you'll ever hear. It's so, so good. But I think the song is is really carried by the bass and drums for each part, both Park and Will just nail their parts and the transitions and i'll give most of that credit to will on the drums because he has to transition them from 182 beats per minute to 147 and that's that's one of the hardest things to do it's so cool this song is incredibly hard to pull off with those changes in it i'm really hoping that they play this one live because i'd love to see their live execution of this one but i think also the way that they're able to layer throughout the whole album but in this song too these really bright and kind of chimey clean guitars on top of these distorted or fuzz based fuzzy guitars is just really incredible there's so much on this track and if you can't tell i love it we'll get to favorite tracks later to see if it's changed since then but yeah it definitely was one that hit me real hard right away and i still love it all right let's move to track number six track number six is called why even try Alright, Nate, what are your thoughts on why you even try? Now this this was actually Caleb's favorite song from the last one as well. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this track? Yeah, so I wanted to share my thoughts on the song when Caleb mentioned it was his favorite on the podcast. But because we were kind of trying to be respectful and not give away too much, I just kind of didn't share what, what I was feeling. And my main thoughts are with the lyrics. And so I just love the lyrical transition on the phrase, why even dry on this track? I think it's both clever and powerful. And if you don't, if you haven't done a deep dive on the lyrics yet of this track, I would pause the podcast and do that and like really pay attention to the lyrics. It was so neat listening to Caleb talk about the difficulty of finishing this song and how it all came together and just like the care and determination to make this song what it deserved to be like not settling for making it okay but continuing to grind and grind and grind until it was as great as it could be in their minds and his determination really paid off as i think this is one of the strongest songs not only lyrically but also vocally and he really pushes himself and the results are incredible here and so yeah this is just a great track what are your thoughts andrew yeah you touched on the lyrics and that transition where it's like a dual meaning song it's asking the same question why even try but basically after 
two different types of setups or, or contexts, and it completely flips it on its head. The lyrics are insane. They're so good. I think the first thing that you'll notice when you're listening to the song, besides the acoustic guitar part, which is really awesome and in a really cool timing, is just how different Caleb's voice is, again, on this song. It's softer than normal and almost just like his whole tone sounds higher than normal. Then his voice in the chorus really explodes into something more resembling his voice that you're used to knowing until maybe the end of the chorus that he goes into his falsetto, which he's used before, but I feel like it sounds a little different on this. And I really feel like his voice and the lyrics are the thing that carries this entire song and I would say these are my favorite vocals of Caleb on the entire album. It's just insane how good his voice is on the song. Every time that I listen to this song, I get like a new layer of Caleb's voice in it. He also explained a few things about how he tracked vocals on this song that I think are really cool for context. So you can just go back and, and listen to him explain it. But it's a really, really good song. And it's not... It's kind of at the halfway point of the album, but it really feels like it swells the album so much to this point that everything that you've heard, he keeps unpacking some of these same lyrical layers that he's been building to as well, which I really love. All right, Nate, we're going to move on to track seven. Track seven is Runaway Part 2 called Love is a Compass. That's the wrong way. You gotta take a breath. So Nate, what are your thoughts on this track? So this is the second part of the three tracks, which are all basically describing my relationship with you. For me, just love is a compass, northeast and far away from you. Exactly. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind yeah. of my perspective yeah. on why I identify so much with uh, the title of this track. Exactly. Okay, on a serious note, I really have practically nothing to say outside of noting the Bonnie Vare inspiration. And again, maybe it's not inspired by Bonnie Vare, but it sounds unequivocally Bonivarian. Yeah, I'm sure, Andrew, you're going to go off on this. So I'm not going to say anything else and just kind of tee it up to you. Um, that's the first thing that I wrote was just all caps. So Bonnie Vare. <laughs> when the other voices of vocoder come in, it's just, it, it really is unapologetic. Like Bonnie Vare that exactly not maybe that Bonnie Vare created this and anyone who does it, it will always sound like Bonnie Vare, but I feel like how they're using it. It sounds like Bonnie Vare. Just because I feel like Bon Iver uses this vocoder and, and the way of layering vocals, he uses that a whole lot. So it's hard to not think that it sounds like Bon Iver. The strings on the song are gorgeous, too, and I really love what they bring to the song. I also really love how Caleb is actually changing his voice based on the character that he's talking as, right? So this is a conversation, this runaway. It's a conversation between two people. And I was noticing that his voice, especially when I play them back to back to back, you can hear him sing differently based on who he's talking as. 
And that's insane. It's so cool. It's so detailed. And I love it. It's a cool layer that he's able to add to the song. And it really adds to the whole whole album. All right. We're going to move on to track number eight. Track number eight is called Where I'm From. Later on in the holy war, find myself on the threshing floor, praying somebody will All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on where I'm from? I don't like it. That's why I moved to Boston. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So this is the third single. And, Andrew, we actually didn't know this was going to be a single, even when we talked with him. We had probably we had too many questions for Caleb. And so we had to kind of edit the questions down as we were talking with him. And this was one of the things that uh, we we're thinking about asking him, are the first two singles it, or are they going to release a third single? And uh, turns out we have our answer. I think Caleb does just a majestic job vocally on this track. And um, I definitely dig the slow and steady rhythm of the song, but it needed a stellar vocal performance to make it a great, track in my mind and Caleb just delivered um, I also love the piano on this track it's really beautiful a central component but for me just like you said why even try was your favorite vocal performance for me where I'm from is my v- favorite vocal performance I just think his range the different types of singing he does and this song he just carries it like it's almost like Tom Brady and the Pats he just puts the team on his back and is like I'm going to take us to a championship. Caleb's like, I'm going to like make a killer song, just kind of carrying the team here. And don't get me wrong, like the whole band, as we've talked about, really contributes throughout the album. Sometimes, like you said, Will is in the spotlight as the main contributor or, or Park or Scott. But on this song specifically, for me, it's all about Caleb's vocal performance. So, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, well, first, I think that the band is Titans fans because they're from Tennessee. Uh, so nice. also you could use the analogy of maybe like Derrick Henry, Henry yeah. in the playoffs Actually, specifically. Though, Tannehill threw for like 70 yards. And yeah, Derrick Henry ran for about three times as many yards <laughs> as Ryan Tannehill threw yeah, for. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, a, that's an, very apropos. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like they'd enjoy that shout-out if they listened. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, there's that. Go Titans. <laughs> Tighten up. But for the actual song, where I'm from, I think this is one of the most different tracks on the album. When you get a chance to listen to the album, in general, you'll notice that having a song like this actually really is a standout track, and I fully agree with everything you said about Caleb's voice carrying this, and I uh, again, it's probably more of a personal thing that I really like. Why even try vocally more than this? However, they'd be neck and neck. They're they're both very obviously songs that Caleb just needed to nail, or else the song doesn't work. I think also that being said, the piano part needed to be nailed as well because it's a piano led song, and so whoever recorded or wrote that, I know Park plays it and does a 
great job with that. It is, it's just, it's a beautiful piano part. There's so many cool chord changes in it that I really enjoy. I also really like Scott's guitar solo in it. It's, it's really cool, but it's like out of nowhere, it's this really dirty tone. It actually reminds me a little bit of the band Muse that they use just like the dirtiest fuzzes to the point that like the note is almost not even able to be heard the same way that you're not perceiving the note as a beautiful note. It's just like a in your face note. And it's really cool and a beautiful song to have that type of a guitar solo. So I thought that was really cool. I'm going to shout out the music video. They they just released the music video for this song. And the music video is really beautiful, too. It's shot basically as one shot. It's just Caleb walking and singing in the desert. And he walks past each band member playing their instruments as they, as they play it in the song. So it starts with Will, the drummer, snapping his fingers, which then pointed out to me in the song that that is the only percussion in the song is just a finger snap, which is kind of cool. And then he walks past him. That's how the music video kind of starts is Will snapping his fingers. Then the music video ends with Will snapping his fingers. Now, you might be able to tell how they were able to do it, but I think it's cool. Just watch and see if you can tell how they started and ended with Will snapping his fingers. But I think it's a really cool music video. It's perfect for the song and the emotion because it can... it Basically, you can just read on Caleb's face all the lyrics and everything that's happening. You can see it in his face and how he's singing. And then obviously it's just, it's a beautiful shot. It's, it's really quite a great music video. So check that out. If you haven't, it's basically the 1917 of music videos. Exactly. Exactly. In one shot. All right, let's move on to track nine. Track nine is called take it slow. Nate, what are your thoughts on track nine, Take It Slow? This was your favorite song when we mentioned on the first podcast. Yes, it was. So anyways, this chorus to me feels inspired by the Beach Boys. I mean, only the Lonely was pretty Beach Boys driven. But what's cool about this song for me in particular is I feel like every part and every aspect is just spectacular. There's almost no point in singling out any portion of the song because I don't want to discredit whatever I don't highlight. And so I'll kind of just let you guys listen to it and absorb the the incredible beauty and awesomeness for yourself. But the one thing I will say is I love when lyrics kind of dictate the instrumental or the vocal performance thematically, where they kind of just like merge together. And at the end, when... It transitions into the take it slow portion. Everything slows down with Caleb and the band as he continues to repeat the title, take it slow, take it slow as the track ends. And it really gets like drawn out and like um, his voice and the instruments are kind of being like torn apart, if that makes sense, to create this like space in between. It's just like a really cool and clever thing where the lyrics 
deeply impact how they pulled off the song thematically. And I just think they did it in an incredibly creative way and they did it very well. So Andrew, what are your thoughts on Take It Slow? Yeah, I love how the song just starts out super fun, exciting. You're just like in right away, which Colony House tends to do with their loud songs. They're just like, okay, let's not waste time. Let's get people excited, smiling, whatever it is right away. And they use that same great vocal effect that they used on Caleb's voice a lot on Only the Lonely. They reuse it, so I think you'll notice some similarities between his voice here and Only the Lonely. I just love every part of the song. Every part is executed to perfection. The mixing, the recording, it's all mixed and recorded to perfection. That there's really, there's not a single part that is wasted or not as strong as the rest. It is so good. I have the BPMs again because they do a crazy drop here. And uh, and so they go from 175 to 125, which drops 50 beats per minute. It's insane. And I was just listening to it this morning. And I'm not sure if you've ever listened to a song and you catch yourself like emoting and then you realize how stupid and dumb you probably look. And I realized that same thing because I had the biggest, dumbest smile you could possibly have when they drop into that take it slow part that like I just like couldn't help but smile it's the weirdest, coolest thing, similar to El Capitan. Man, I must just be a sucker for those things. So, like, if there's a band that does this type of stuff, please let me know, because I guess they're going to be my new favorite band. But I just think it's so cool how it does a major drop like that into the ending section, and then it continues to slow down from there. So it goes to 125, but then it goes much slower after that. It's just such a well-executed track. Another track that I would love to hear live just to see how do you pull a track like this off live? I'm not sure how well you can, so prove me wrong, Colony House, but... It's such a cool song. And for those of you who might be going, actually, by the time we release this, it will have happened. But for those of you who went to their album release, they're going to play it there. So somehow they're going to play it live. And so that'll be fun for them to see. And hopefully the rest of us get to see it on their tour as well. Two quick things. One is one cool thing they said on the interview is they were basically like, with Only the Lonely, they felt pressured into making an album that would work just very easily and be an easy crossover to their live shows. And they were kind of just like, yo, screw that with this album. And we're just like, we're going to make the best music we can make and then we'll figure it out. Like, kind of, it's actually kind of very similar to the John Foreman advice just from an overall production standpoint. And, um, yeah, I think it definitely paid off here where if you were thinking about, hey, can we pull this off live, you would have never made this song. And I'm not saying they can't pull it off live, like you said, but it's like you wouldn't even dare to go here if you had that mindset. And also, Andrew, a second thing that I thought of is you mentioned like, hey, are there any like show me any other bands that do this? And I'm not recommending a band to you, but actually recommending a band to our audience this band doesn't sound like Colony House, but if you want a band that keeps you on your toes and just like is doing one thing and then drastically switches to another and yet it all like works out and and maybe it doesn't make sense, but it it just works and it's beautiful and it's sick. Listen to Cola by a Beacon School. 
we did an interview with Patrick, who's basically the mastermind behind a beacon school. And Andrew, I think that's actually a great example of a band that continually, almost with every track, like reaches a point where he'll just deviate into a different direction. Maybe half his tracks are going one way and then they'll shift another. But they it all works out so well, just like Take It Slow and like El Capitan. Yeah. That's a really good point, and I I mean, check out our episode also on A Beacon School because we do track by track with Patrick from A Beacon School. That was a great episode, and that might actually, now I might realize why I love A Beacon School so much is just, man, I'm a sucker for that, apparently. So thanks for pointing that out. I think that's really good. All right, let's move on to track number 10. Track number 10 is called Julia. Nate, what are your thoughts on track 10, Julia? So I mentioned Take It Slow was my favorite song. As I was initially trying to think about what was my favorite song for our interview, it was between Take It Slow and Julia. And it has these kind of... Hey, Andrew, I don't know if you know this artist from back in the day. Do you remember Sean McDonald? <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of has some Sean McDonald vibes in the verses, especially with uh, Caleb's vocals. Yeah. So the piano and the strings, though, are my favorite aspects of the track. And it's just an extremely beautiful song. And that beauty obviously only grows with the context of this song being written for Caleb's wife, Julia. I mean, I guess we could be misinterpreting the lyrics, (laughs) but... You know, if I had to make a guess, uh, yeah. that would be my guess. <laughs> but anyways, for a, I guess you could say softer song for Colony House, it is one of the more quieter songs on the track list. It's still very explosive and dynamic, which they just do time and time again on the album. And I just think it's a great track. What are your thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, I really just love it kind of has a throwback feel from just the production and reverb on the guitar to the vocals and how they're playing. It feels like almost from like the the 60s or something. There's there's some elements there. Also, as Caleb had mentioned in part one, they use the djembe in the song, which is cool. So they're pulling out some really cool percussion sounds in this track, and I think that that's pretty awesome to try. And yeah, the, the strings and the fast piano playing in the bridge is my favorite part. I love how they build back into the song then from there. It's really cool. And then the song, the first thought that I have with a song like this that yeah I'm taking it as Caleb talking about his wife Julia I don't think that we're wrong on that but it just feels like a song that would have been written on an acoustic guitar and normally an artist would just like okay that's it like me and my stripped back acoustic talking to my wife just expressing my love through the song that way so I feel like the song could have and maybe was even written very simply And I love what they were able to do to take just a simple idea, maybe, and build on it and 
make it into really a track that's really special and really cool. And there's a lot more there musically than you'd expect for a more soft and throwback song like this. So it's a it's a really great track, and I totally understand having it as one of your top songs either way. So it's a great track. All right, let's move on to track 11. Track 11 is called Trying. I've got my whole life to live between you. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on track 11? This is my putting up with Andrew song. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) So the word try, I was going to mention this on the podcast, not not on the podcast. I was going to mention this on the interview with Caleb, along with why even try, just like the connection of these two tracks and this theme of trying and what that entails within the overall theme of the album. But I decided not to because we were kind of just like, not diving too deep and so i figured well i'll just talk about it here and i think this idea of trying is really interesting especially with his conclusion on why even try like that reversal and yet in the midst of i would argue this surrender he has of not needing to try or not being validated by what he can do there's also this almost response of giving your best regardless of even if your best isn't enough and even if even if you are weak continuing to push through and try and almost as an act of surrender but I just found that interesting it would have been kind of cool to kind of dive deep on that with him but I didn't want to get stuck in the weeds so instrumentally though the song is very synth heavy And I don't think I've heard any Colony House songs like it in that regard. I think it's my least favorite song on the album. I love Sense. It's my least favorite song on the album. And I really like it. (laughs) So, I mean, that's kind of like where we're at on the album, where it's like, there's not a single weak track. And even though I look at this and I have like one or two minor critiques, like, I don't know, it's just so hard to find weaknesses on this album yeah i just think this album's so consistent and i wouldn't be surprised if this was somebody's favorite track even though it's my least favorite because it's that good of a track anyways so andrew what are your thoughts on trying yeah so i almost took offense to you saying that this was not your favorite or your least favorite track and then you're like but it's not even that bad which then i literally just did a scroll just to look at the songs and i was like i don't think it's my least favorite but also i i kind of i understand the difference between let's say the best song on this album and this is not that much yeah like, definitely. they're all super good so i also understand like one of those songs they can't all be the best song no and so like something's got to be the worst track and i'm not saying it's this because i haven't actually thought about it in that way but if this is the worst track then this is still 
this might be the best album we're going to listen to this year. Like, it's it's insane to me because I really like this song. I really love the piano in the song, how it starts. I really like that they cut everything right before the second verse. It catches me kind of every time, except now maybe I'm, I'm finally understanding it and, and waiting for it because I really like that. And then I really love when it comes in big with that arpeggiated and pulsing synth. And then it comes back to piano and vocal, then builds. It keeps going back and forth, right, between this really stripped back piano part and then this, like, really synth-heavy part. It also gets kind of weird and experimental a little later in the track, which includes some Bonnie Vare vibes again uh, towards the ending. And it leads perfectly into the last Runaway track, I just think it's such a beautiful and layered song, and you're right. It's so different than anything they've done, and for them using a lot more synth than they than they ever do because they really don't use synth much. They're usually more of a guitar-driven band. It's so cool the layers they were able to add. Even piano, again, like this whole track is using elements that they really as a band didn't use before this album, and so I think it's such a cool song. I love the experimental nature of it i love that again at track 11 out of 13 they're adding more layers to each song and and to the album as a whole all right let's move on to track 12 track 12 is our final runaway it's runaway part three the wait Nate, what are your thoughts on track 12, Runaway Part 3, The Wait? So I'm going to not make any Andrew jabs. I've already juiced out the last of my creativity with that. (laughs) So I know I said the second Runaway track is my favorite, but it's not a Runaway. (laughs) I'll be here all weekend, everybody. Uh, It's a slow, it it builds slowly like the last... Okay, I'll see myself out. All right. Um, So I love this third runaway as well. And there's not much to say besides the fact. I'll let you dive into the actual, like, track itself. But the runaway tracks as a whole, I just really think help create a structure of proper pacing, which I find very helpful while listening to the album. I just think it, it makes the album much stronger and it's actually easier for me to get through the track listing not that again we said we love all the songs but sometimes when you're listening to an album you can kind of get lost and these runaway tracks kind of recenter you and refocus you and they're very similar their usage is very similar to um, another group that has done a similar thing so me without you they have these tracks they're called the spider tracks on a brother sister. And though I imagine very few colony house listeners are vibing with me without you. If you are, let us know, but colony house does a great job of using these tracks to like thematically 
work your way through the album, and I just love them. So, yeah, Andrew, what are your thoughts on part three? Yeah, so with all three of these tracks, there's not a ton to talk about from the track itself, but I think it's actually more what the track does, the impact that the track has on the album as a whole, which you touched on. It's really, it's just creating a flow and a feel to the album that without these tracks, if you took them completely out, the album would feel more like a collection of songs than an album, if that differentiation makes any sense. That these tracks really, it's the glue that holds the whole album together. To me, it's one of the reasons that... I mentioned in the first part, and I'll mention it again here, this is my favorite Colony House album, and I think it's because of these tracks and the weight that it's able to carry throughout the whole album. When I listen the first time, it does really sound like it's kind of ending the album, so it definitely, even though it's ending the runaway theme, it also feels like it's bringing the album to a conclusion. It almost has like a soundtrack-like vibe to the song, so... When I was listening, it just sounded like something that could be in a movie or a soundtrack. And I really like, again, that it's starting to wrap everything up so you kind of know, okay, we got one more song. That's obviously going to be the closer, but it feels like it's wrapping up this concept with the Runaways and starting to wrap up the album as a whole. All right, let's move to our final track. Our final track is called The Hope Inside. All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on the hope inside? Yeah, so I like how straightforward the song is. I think the straightforwardness helps the listener focus on the lyrics. And I think these are some of the strongest lyrics Colony House has written. I also think it's kind of, it's somewhat reminiscent of looking for some light in that direct forward nature. On an album where there's so many, so many different directions, these tracks don't stray off the path as much. They're just much more focused and uh, pointed at you. And um, I also love the guest vocals. I don't know who sings them. We weren't given that information. I'm sure we'll find that out once the album drops. And we're probably in some other interview or whatever. But I think they fit perfectly. And even though Caleb did incredible on this album, it's nice just in this one part to just have a little bit of balance and like a opposite voice to kind of even it out and balance it out. And uh, she sang it really beautifully. And yeah, I just think this is the perfect way to close the album in all facets, lyrically, instrumentally. It's just that final conclusion, that final summary of what he's trying to get at on the record, he really pours out here. And um, it's a very proper and well-defined conclusion. So, yeah, I love this track, and I think it's an incredible way to end it. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. It is a really, really great way to end it. I'll speak quick to the female vocal. I have a guess but i don't know this for sure my guess is that it's will the drummer's wife and that's because i know that she is a solo artist herself so i would assume that that would make the most sense it's not a named feature and so that's obviously why we don't know it and yeah i'm sure 
a lot of people will know it by the time maybe they're listening to this episode because the album will be out and maybe something will be said. But as of this point, we got the album too early to have that info. So don't know who it is, but they do a great job. I agree. It kind of just feels like it balances things out. Not that you'd need that. I never throughout the album felt like I needed a different voice, but once you hear it, it does sound refreshing and it sounds really good within the song itself. I think when the song starts, it really sounds like something off of when I was younger. To me, that's the first thing that I notice is for some reason, just the whole sound, it's like, man, this is when I was younger, which is cool because it really gives that that throwback to early Colony House. But there's something really cool about the song from a lyrical way of ending it. I, I think you laid that out really well. I think it just ends this album so perfectly talking about the hope inside and it feels much more matter of fact it's not speaking i guess poetically as much as more literally and it just brings a lot of joy and hope here at the ending of the album i really love the drumming on this song it's just got some really really solid percussion in it even just the production on the drums and the production on this entire song and the album as a whole does a great job so i think it's a perfect closing track and a great way i mean 13 tracks including again these runaways it all feels like it ties up in a really kind of nice bow here while still feeling like uh like you've experienced a whole lot throughout the album all right so that finishes our track by track review of this album we're going to go into rating this album now so we have five different categories that we're going to rate this album we have instrumentation we have vocals we have lyrics we have journey which is the flow consistency and length of the album and we have the package which is the production and the album artwork on this so we're going to rank them one to ten and then we're going to go ahead and give you each our score so my score and Nate's score we're going to give you our total score and give you that in a 1 to 10 uh, what that kind of simplifies to so Nate what did you give instrumentation so I give instrumentation 9 out of 10 I think when they take risks it just works out like and not like it just works out by happenstance but I mean they take the smart risks and they pull it off well and then Overall, the songs that are less risky are still solid and beautiful. I would say the only thing that would stop this from being a 10 is really like, not that it's not complex, because there are a lot of complex parts, but there's still like, I could easily see them with their next album continuing to grow and make it more imp- impressive instrumentally. And so like, it's tough because it's like, I feel bad giving it a nine, even though a nine's a really high score. But I also just think I still see some room for them to continue to grow, I guess. What are your thoughts on instrumentation? What'd you give it? So I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. And it's literally my my exact reasoning is exactly what you said, which is I think this is Colony House's best album instrumentally. Every single person in that band pushed themselves to basically their limit, it feels like, on this album and executes this album so perfectly. I think the reason I didn't give it a 10, so so the reason it's not 10 out of 10, is I think a couple times on the album, things are shown on the album and throughout the album that just blow your mind and go, wow. If they continue down the same path of just mind-blowing parts, there's still room to improve as well. So as incredible as the album is, it does feel like 
they still could actually write a better album instrumentally than this. So I'm leaving that that little space the same as you are to say I think that they could do even better. Not that this is bad, but just I don't want to say 10 out of 10 because that means that they can't get any better on that. So, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. All right. What did you give vocals? So I gave vocals a 9.5, and I think the vocals are the strongest part of the album for me. Very similar to Dimly Lit, which we just uh, reviewed before this, the episode before. My thing is, like, vocals are so easy to make uninteresting. Like, it's so easy to sing in ways that just kind of sound good or, oh, like, you sing along with the song or whatever. Like, it's so easy for vocals to become monotonous and just not really capturing. And yet, it seems like on every song, he is doing something either weird or creative or unique that I've never heard him do before or maybe even I haven't heard many other people do before either and I just think vocally he really pushed himself and it showed off and it paid off big time because again I just think the vocals again there's no weak part of the album like in all these categories nothing's weak but if I had to pick something that's the strongest I would say it's his vocals what about you Andrew I agree fully with you. That's why I personally gave it a 10 out of 10. I don't know that Caleb could get any better than this, honestly. I feel like he maxed his voice out. Every single thing that he does seems to pay off, and it works. So that whole idea that he said from from John Foreman, if you can think it, you can sing it, he seemed to dream pretty high on this album, and his execution was totally there as well. So I thought this was his best vocal performance of any Colony House album, and it really does carry the album. I think it was something I noticed a little later as I've listened to this album. I've listened to this album so many times by now, but I am probably noticed it in the last three to five times through this album, just how perfect Caleb's voice is on this album and how many songs are actually carried by his voice. I would say maybe half the songs, if you take out Caleb's voice, they're significantly worse. Like, his voice just adds so much and carries a lot of tracks on this album. So, I gave it a 10 out of 10. All right, what do you give lyrics? Yeah, so I think the lyrics were the hardest category for me to rate. I'm going to end up giving them a 9.5. I was thinking between a 9 and a 9.5. And let me just give you my uh, internal wrestle. Let me just explain that a little bit. So Colony House's lyrics are rarely poetically, like, brilliant in the sense that, like, he kind of just, like, you were talking about the hope inside. He just kind of, like, comes out and says what he wants to say. You know, of course, there's times he's poetic, but most of the time it's, like, very clear what he's trying to communicate, and he clears that. And... I was kind of viewing that as like a negative and like a simplistic thing for him lyrically, even though I thought the lyrics were still strong on the album, which is why I was feeling nine. But what kind of pushed it to the 9.5 is just me kind of more understanding that as a stylistic choice rather than like, oh, like if you're more poetic, that means the lyrics are better, which it just that's just not the case. Some of the most non-poetic and straightforward lyrics can hit the hardest and be most powerful. Yeah, I just think lyrically, too, there's not really a weak track, and he communicates his messages very concisely and very clearly. 
And uh, yeah, he just does a great job on the album with those. What are your thoughts, Andrew? What'd you give it? So I'm giving it a nine out of 10, but I think for all three things, like you've been starting all of them so far, this is the most that I'm just like what Nate said. Like that's my (laughs) answer is what Nate said. We're like, you're basically giving my exact thoughts where I actually almost initially was going to go a little lower just because I was like, yeah, I don't know that it's like, he's not crazy poetic. He's not like, I wasn't struggling through the lyrics. Like it didn't take me five listens to know what he was saying. I kind of got it on the first or second, third listen at, at the most that I understood the lyrics. So it wasn't super complex and I'm not that smart. So if I get it in the first few <laughs> listens, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you didn't do a good job. But I, I went nine out of 10 because I actually feel like I still don't want to give them 10 out of 10, even though it's a stylistic difference, because I think that similar, I think he's got room. He could still be improving. So I gave it a nine out of 10 assuming that he can keep improving his lyrics over time. But I think these are great. I actually think these this whole album is his best album from a lyrical standpoint as well. That's where like almost everything that I'm going down, I'm like, best that Colony House has done, best Colony House has done. So if I don't come to the conclusion that this is their best album, that's on me because they're proving <laughs> with every single thing that, that this is the best that they've done. So yeah, I gave lyrics a 9 out of 10. So what Nate said. All right, Nate, so what are your thoughts on the journey that's the flow, consistency, and length of the album? Yeah, so I gave this a 9.5, and the reason why is the well-used runaway tracks and creating that structure and pacing combined with consistent quality of songs in between those runaway tracks and a great opener and a great closer i mean i would say this is almost textbook on how you should structure an album and i'm not saying every album should have tracks similar to the runaway tracks because obviously there's many ways you can pull off structuring an album but this is a great example of how to structure an album well and honestly this is probably for me even though i have vocals 9.5 lyrics 9.5 and journey 9.5 i'd say this is probably second slightly above the lyrics for me just because i think they did a fantastic job structuring the track list here what are your thoughts andrew which score did you give it yeah so i gave it a 9.5 and it's not a concept album, but it is. That whole weird dichotomy with this album is why it's a 9.5. I think if you execute a concept album to the max, it's going to be 10 out of 10, right? Because that's like the ideal thing is a concept album literally takes this category and goes, this is the most important thing. Like instrumentation, vocals, lyrics, like they all matter, but the flow, consistency, length, that's the most important part. They go, okay, we're not writing a concept album, but we do have a concept for the album that will keep resurfacing like the whale that he kind of mentioned in our interview. So they were able to mix the two together And I think this is the best possible scenario you could get from this. If it's not a full concept album, 
I didn't think I would even go as high as 9.5 on anything that wasn't a concept album just because I try to reserve that for the albums that, again, this is the most important thing. They obviously put all the time into it, but they put so much time and energy and thought into this category. And so 9.5 is the perfect place for it to sit where it could be a 10 out of 10 maybe if they fully committed to the concept. But I think other bands need to actually pay attention to this and go, how do we make albums, even if we don't want to make a concept album, that's fine. But how can we make our albums better in this category? Because you can do it. You don't have to say it's a concept album to have really great flow, consistency, and length for your album. So... Yeah, let's move to the last category. That's the package. Nate, what do you give the package? That's the production and album artwork. Yeah, so this was another hard one to rate. I give it a nine. I just think the reason why it was a nine is more like I was thinking of the 9.5s and like tens we've done. This album was a little bit less reliant upon the production for its success than those other albums even though for colony house this was like the most reliant on production yeah again we're just picking hairs here it's where there's nothing i can critique about the production i do like the album artwork i wouldn't say i'm in love with the album artwork but i do really like it which is a part of our rating and the production again this is another one where like i want to see what they do with their next album because i could see this score easily growing if they continue to push themselves in this way so yeah i gave it a nine what are your thoughts andrew so i gave it a 9.5 i'm mostly pulling that because of the production as well i like the album artwork i still feel like there's maybe some room to improve but i love the production and one of the things that i love is that they maybe didn't go by the book with just this is how an album like this should sound that they actually push the production and i'm actually giving production almost more to like again how it's mixed and mastered even how Caleb had mentioned how they how they really made it just a loud album that feels like it's bursting at the seams and just wants to kind of come undone but it doesn't and I love it. I really feel like that actually makes this album stand out to me more that when I do listen to it, I go, man, there's a lot there. Like it just feels big. It feels loud and I love it. So I really do like that we were able to get that insight on the production and how that happened. And it's really, really great. All right. So that brings my score to a 47.5 out of 50. That brings Nate's score to a 46.5 out of 50. And that makes our podcast score a 94 out of 100 or a 9.4 out of 10. So this is one of our higher ranked albums. It is just so good we couldn't endorse it more than than we are right now so if you haven't given this album a listen or you need to listen to it more please do that because colony house made a really really great album and nate and i both really love it so for those of you who love this album and love colony house we have another segment that we're going to move into so nate do you want to tell us about our next segment yeah sure so it's called fish in the sea And even though there's only one Colony House, and they are very unique, which is why we love them so much, there are other bands that draw from similar inspirations and have similar sounds or are considered in a a similar genre that 
we thought we could recommend to you. Most of you will probably know all these bands, or maybe most of you will know none. I have no idea what you guys are listening to these days. But the way we create this list is we go on Spotify and we simply click on Colony House and the fans also like section. And we look through those bands and we both maybe see a band that we already know and like and recommend that as well as find a band or artist that we don't know as well or don't know at all and see if we can find a band we don't know that we also like. So this is a, actually a practice for us to discover new music and it's just a very easy way for you guys to discover new music as well by using that tool on Spotify. So Andrew, what are one or two, I don't know how many you picked, what are some of your fish in the sea? Yeah, so one of the first ones that I noticed, and I'm just giving this band a shout-out because I love them. Um, I've been really into the band Camino lately, and if you're not familiar with them, please check out the band Camino. They're awesome. They had actually opened for Ben Rector at a show that that my wife and I were at, and they played so well at that show that that kind of made us fans. I know that they're kind of up and coming, and they're they're getting pretty big now. So a lot of the listeners here might know them, but I just think that they're so cool, and uh, and I wanted to shout them out. So wait, before you keep going on, Andrew, so just so I can write this down, uh, the name of the band is Camino? So they're called The Band Camino. Okay, yeah, so The Band is Camino. The band is called The Band Camino, and Nate is being <laughs> facetious. Wait, wait, wait. I'm confused. <laughs> Andrew, I yes. think you just stuttered because you said the band the ba- is called The Band Camino. You, you yeah. Like, started. What's the name of the band? Yeah. So the band is uh, Nate Shut Up. <laughs> that's that's okay. the band's name. Uh, you can share your second Yeah. Band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So my second band is a band that I hadn't heard of before, and I was listening through a bunch of the bands. Now, I actually knew a lot of the bands on the artists that you might like, Paige. They're probably, because I like Colony House so much, I I was aware of these other bands, but there was a band, I'm going to try and pronounce it, It's I'm going to call them Floor, I don't know, they're F-L-O-R, and... I thought they were really cool. A lot of the bands that I didn't know that were on this list for Colony House, I found to be a little too poppy. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they're bad, but I find it funny that like Spotify, I think, thinks that Colony House is a lot poppier than they actually are. And so a lot of the bands that they're suggesting, including the band Camino, is significantly poppier than Colony House is by themselves. So I was trying to find something that was a little less poppy and had a little bit more, I don't know, complexity to their sound. And that was the band Floor. And I thought that they do a really good job. I only listened to their newest album. It's called Ley Lines, and that came out last year. And I think it's a cool album. There's actually a lot there. It's 12 songs, and yeah, I really enjoy it. So if you haven't heard of the band Floor, F-L-O-R, check them out. I think they're really, really good. All right, Nate, what are your fish in the sea? So before I share mine real quickly, I only know Floor's album before the new one. I actually haven't listened to their new one, so I'll have to get on that. Okay, I'm sorry. So the band that I already knew that I really like is um, Bad Sons. And so they're especially I love their album Disappear Here. I also really like Language and Perspective. And their newest album sucks. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm sorry if people like that album. And yeah. to be fair, I haven't even listened all the way through because I had a hard time getting through it. So I'm unfit to share my opinion on it, anyways, because I haven't given it a full listen. But Bad Sons especially disappear here. And then the band that I discovered, you were talking about bands being too poppy. From what I remember listening to, this band was probably in that too poppy category. But they're called Courtship with a uh, period. And their album, Denial in Paradise, I was listening to a few tracks on that. And that definitely caught my interest. I'll go back and listen more to them to see if I really like the album as a whole. But they were a band that caught my eye. So yeah, we'll be asking you uh, for your fish in the sea bands you like that are similar to Colony House. It doesn't you don't have to find them on the fans also like page. You can just share bands that are similar to Colony House that you like. We'll ask you about that on our Instagram and yeah, let us know. We always want to discover new music. That's part of the reason why we do the podcast. Not only do we want to share new music, but we want to discover it ourselves. So we'd love to hear your recommendations. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify or however you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe. You can also rate and review it. Those are really, really helpful for our podcast to help us be able to make more podcasts that hopefully you enjoy. So subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Again, all of those different podcast apps. So thank you so much for checking out the episode. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we have some social networks that we're on we are on twitter and instagram both of those you can find us at ldl pod and you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com so reach out to us we have a lot of fun stuff that we do through those socials so make sure that you follow us there that way you can be involved in all of that conversation and dialogue and future episodes so thanks so much for checking out this episode have a great day PM means bursting pimple murder.